my name is Michael Bosey. Welcome to my podcast. And after a couple of episodes of excursions on a couple different topics, I'd like to get back to my series on what I'm calling Content Marketing 201. Now, everyone has to do the 101 activities, the basics. And of course, there are tons and tons of podcasts, blogs, videos, tons of content on the basics. But, I, you know, like to go beyond that a little bit because I think that since everyone's doing content marketing and everyone knows the basics, we got to up our game, right? We can't stand out with just basic strategies. So I want to get back into that. And where I left off was doing a short uh, segment of a few episodes on web strategy. And now it's time to move on to blogs. So let's get started. Now, the first thing that I want to mention about blogs is, yes, you do need a blog. Don't even get me started on whether or not you need to do this. You do. If you're going to build authority, that's going to be on your own property. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, none of these are going to help you in the way that Google will. And it has to be on your own site. So please, I don't want to hear anything more about blogs are not popular anymore or I don't read blogs. Google is reading them and that's all you need to know. We can't do anything with a business without getting people to your site and social ain't going to cut it. People aren't going to buy from you there and the algorithms are working against you anyway in social. Are you a gigantic company? No, me neither. Right? So stop looking at what multinational corporations do and get back to work building authority on a site you own. We don't build our businesses on rented land. That's like renovating your kitchen in an apartment that you rent. Right? You wouldn't do that. And you wouldn't do that with your business either. Digital is the same. We do not build our businesses on a place that we don't own. Okay. So now, acknowledging that Google is really, really important, and it is, I've mentioned this over and over again on this podcast, ultimately with enough time behind it, you're going to see your site inlets are going to come from Google via search first, then email, and then social as a distant third. So Google is really, really important. But let's apply it. We're talking 201 strategies here. Uh, for an SEO process where you are blogging and spending about five to 10 minutes on each post, making sure that it is SEO ready so that Google will recognize it and actually help you bring people to that post. So given that, the first thing we want to do is answer a question or solve a problem, right? When someone is searching, and that is SEO, right? It is a, a live human being typing something into a search engine or using voice search. They want to know something. They're looking for an answer to something. And hey, look, can your expertise and experience solve that for them? Right? So you want to, in constructing your blog, stay focused on one topic, keep it contained, keep it orthogonal, as I like to say. Give Google lots of context that you can answer this question with this one post. Right? So how do we do that? First of all, a little research for matching your answer 
to how people search for it, right? You might have the answer, but if it's not matched to the way that people are searching for it, Google may never make the connection for you. And the matching mechanism is via keywords. And I don't want to overvalue keywords. Keywords are important, but they're not everything. Google is much, much better at not just using the keyword on its own, but putting those into context. So I'm going to go through my five to 10 minute process. I'm going to do this very, very quickly, but if you need extra help on this, I do have some other materials. Uh, you know, I have, I've built courses on this and I have two modules in particular in a course that is locked, that is paid. But listen, I want to help you with this. So if you would like access to it for free to these modules, just contact me via the contact form on this site or email me. Uh, I don't want to open it to anyone, but if you ask as a listener, I'll give you access to those for free. So just ask. But let's go through this very, very quickly. In your blog post, you're going to have first and most important thing is your post title, right? You want to have the keywords, if you can, sort of up in the front of the phrase, if you can. You want to always make it seem very natural, right? Even though we're writing uh, with the intent to have Google uh, recognize these keywords uh, and give it some context, we got to write for humans first, right? It's got to make sense. But that title is critically important. Right? It's going to be the first signal that you give to Google. And in Google search results, obviously, title is going to be the very first thing. Now, along with that is going to be the slug. So in other words, yoursite.com slash, and there's going to be uh, you know, a string of characters that should match the title and that keyword. So for instance, if the title is, let's say the, the post was called uh, content marketing, mine would be controlmousemedia.com slash content hyphen marketing in the slug which would match the title. So it's giving Google some cues on, hey, this title is content marketing. Oh, hey, the slug matches that too. Okay, good, we've given some context to this. Now those two things you know, uh, they show up in search results, right? Title and the uh, full address of, uh, of your site and the slug. But there's one more thing that goes with it and that's your post meta description. Right, so this is 160 to 185 characters that are going to sh show up right below the title and uh, the URL in Google search results. So this is a really, really important ranking factor, and you want to try to get those keywords into uh, at least once uh, into that meta description. You don't want to overdo it with keywords. Once is probably enough, uh, but these three things are really high ranking factors in Google's list of 200 things that uh, that they look at, 200 different factors in SEO. Then moving to the body of the text, obviously in your body content, you're going to want to have these keywords and related keywords uh, in that in the body. You don't want to overdo it again, uh, but you know, three, four times uh, if, if your keywords or the contextual keywords can be put in the body, that would be a good thing. You want to use headers. So in other words, break up the content with what's called an H1 tag, H2, and maybe H3. For me, I tend to use the H2 and H3 
because generally the title tag for me is going to be uh, it's going to sort of function as the H1, if you will, and often the CSS, the styling behind your post is going to match that H1 on the title tag. Um, I don't mean to get too technical on this, but the important thing is you want to break up the text. This is good for your readers, but also these headers where you have an H1 tag, even if you don't know how to code HTML, uh, if you use this in WordPress and you drag down uh, the styling to header one, header two, header three, this on the page code that Google's reading is giving some cues to Google that, oh, hey, the author of this post deems this to be important. H1, more important than H2, more important than H3, and H3 is obviously more important than basic body text. So you want to use these judiciously, and if you can, get some keywords into those headers as well. Uh, not just your primary keyword, but theoretically some other keywords that, uh, that support that main keyword. And then the last thing post-related is the excerpt. Now keep in mind, the excerpt itself on the post uh, is not actually gonna show up in the page code for the post. It's actually going to show up on the blog post page. So in other words, if you need to see an example of this, go to my site, controlmousemedia.com slash blog, and you'll see a list of content, right? So there'll be a, a post with a title, an image, and that's an excerpt below it. So that's where that gets delivered on your site. This works the same way in any WordPress site, so you can see this. But the great thing about that is, think about this, that blog post page, you know, that has its own set of content. Uh, and even though it's a list of other blog posts, it still has page code that Google is scanning. So in other words, that excerpt is still going to be used in context on that slash blog post page. But since it doesn't show up in the post itself, you can use... Uh, what you write for the excerpt for, for instance, social posts. So when you post something on Facebook, for instance, uh, it's going to pull the title, the slug, and the meta description that we talked about earlier. Uh, and you can use the excerpt to, for the post itself. All right. And you may contextually, you may want to change it a little bit. But if you write it with both cases in mind, Facebook post and excerpt can save you a lot of time. All right, let's move on to images. First of all, every blog post that you publish needs to have an associated image. First of all, the click-through rates are much higher uh, for posts that have images versus posts that don't. So we wanna do it for that reason, but it's also an opportunity to get more keywords and contextual cues for Google in the page code associated with the post. And here's how you do that. There are three factors uh, that are really important to have for every image. There's kind of a fourth too, but I really I just say focus on these three things. First thing is the image file name, right? This is a great opportunity to get more keywords uh, on the page code. Remember this thing, once you upload it to WordPress, is going to be hosted there on your site 
and it's going to be delivered via the page code because you know WordPress is telling the browser to refer to this particular file that's on your, uh, you know, in your servers on your WordPress database, and that file has a name, and that name is going to be delivered on the page code. So turn it into something that is contextually readable. So, for instance, if I want to call it, uh, you know, blogging 101 as a keyword, um, the image associated might be literally called blogging-101.jpg or .png, doesn't matter, or content-marketing-tips.jpg or png. You get the idea. You actually want to make that something uh, that is going to be readable and gives Google some cues. And you notice, yes, same with the slug. You're going to put hyphens uh, in there so that they're not one long string of text. This is a wasted opportunity for those when I, when I see people in WordPress just upload the image that they got, that they may have downloaded um, you know, from Unsplash or from Flickr or whatever. No, actually change it to something you want. It's, it's, it's another opportunity to get those keywords in. Next thing, there's a field in WordPress for the title. Obviously, this is a, a, an opportunity to use another title uh, to describe the image. Um, and to use, uh, you know, to get other keywords or supporting keywords in there. And then the last thing is the meta description for the image. Now, it's a good idea to have this describe the image, um, but also if you can, write that so that that will be, uh, that'll be something where you can get, again, more keywords in there or more context or something that you didn't say in the post itself. This is an opportunity to give Google more cues, right? Keep in mind, most users are never going to see the image title. They're never going to see the file name. They're never going to see the description. So it gives you a little bit more leeway and not having to be quite written for humans as much as it is written for the robots. All right, that's a lot to go through, but look, if you spend five or 10 minutes on each post, just making sure that you're doing a little bit of keyword research and then applying it in the way that I've talked about here, uh, you're gonna give Google the chance to understand what your content's about uh, for this post, and then as you, you know, as you keep blogging, you keep producing more and more content, it's gonna start to be able to get a picture of what your site is over time based on each of these posts and the work that you've put in. This effort is worth it. I see it with my clients. I see how we can build up authority over time using a blog as an instrument to, to do this. Uh, it, it, this is, it's worth the effort. And it may take you a little bit more time up front as you kind of learn this and you go through it. But soon you'll get better at it. And it'll only take, you know, like I said, five to 10 minutes. All right, so look, if you need more help, a couple things you can do. One, I got a whole series on this podcast on SEO. I left a link in the show notes for you so that uh, if you want to uh, listen to those, you can get a little bit more background on the SEO. I know I went through this pretty quickly. Or, hey, look, we can do a training together too. If you want to sit down live with WordPress open on your site, you and I can do that. Just book a session with me. Uh, we can do an hour-long training or you know, a series of trainings or whatever you need to make sure that you're up to speed on this uh, and you're able to do this and execute it uh, regularly, uh, five to 10 minutes, get better results from your blog. It's really that simple. All right, next up in the series, I wanna sort of get away from the, the Google aspect of it and talk about the writing aspect, right? The things that you're doing to connect with real 
humans who are reading your posts. And one of the strongest things that we can do is to build anticipation so that people come back or even to subscribe. I hope that you'll come back, hope that you'll subscribe, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.